0: Praise the Lord that you chose to come and worship this morning. We're going to have a great day already, having had Sunday school and a great worship time. Take your Bibles and turn with me to John chapter 6 this morning. John chapter 6. This morning we're going to be looking at the words of Jesus as He speaks to the crowd of people that have come to Him. And we're going to look at Jesus trying to get them to change their focus. Now what's the most important thing for someone who is, who is working on a project or who has uh, something specific that they need to do? They need to make sure that they remained focused. Focused on whatever it is that they are doing at that time. Because a loss of focus can cause you to make a mistake can cause you to mess up really badly. Um, the other day, we were driving down the road, Bridget and I, and, and she's scared of my driving anyway. But my, my phone chimed, so I got a, a message. So I pulled my phone out and was just trying to you know, flick the screen to, to get it to open up. And then I was going to hand it to her. But she didn't give me time. She, um, she wanted me to focus on the road. And so anyway, I did. I handed her the phone, and she, when we're going down the road, she, she automatically knows when my phone goes off, she's getting it. So uh, that way that I can remain focused. Because the most important thing at that point is not what's going on on my phone. It's me going down the road and staying in the road and making sure that nobody else is in my lane or I'm not in theirs. The most important thing for us today is to make sure that we stay focused on the most important thing. Somebody told me that one time, is that you are, you know, in order for you to accomplish the most important thing, you've got to stay focused on just that. So, this morning as we look at what Jesus is sharing, I want us to look at seeking the everlasting, seeking what is important. spoke with... um, The kids the other night, on Wednesday night, we were uh, having our Bible study and we were talking about some of the things that Jesus had said. He was walking along with the, the two disciples going to Emmaus after his resurrection and how they had lost focus. They had lost their hope. And then I told them at the end of that, the most important thing is not what's going on in your life right now. Because your circumstances change. Your your situation changes. The most important thing is to know where you're going at the end of this life. Once you get that taken care of, then you can focus back on other things. Because the the main thing has to remain the main thing. So, in this this time, Jesus has just fed the the 5,000. He's just walked on water. And now he has sat down with his disciples. In verse 22 of chapter 6, we're going to read through verse 47. So let's read together this scripture. On the following day, when the people who were standing on the other side of the sea saw that there was no other boat there except that one which his disciples had entered, and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but his disciples had gone away alone. However, however, other boats came from Tiberias, near the place where they ate bread, after the Lord had given thanks. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they also got into boats and came to Capernaum, seeking Jesus. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek Me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set His seal on Him. Then they said to Him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in Him who He sent. Therefore they said to Him, What sign will you perform then, that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? Our fathers ate the manna in the desert. As it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven. But my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is He who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to Him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of Him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all He has given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of Him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in Him, May have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. The Jews then complained about him, because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he says, I have come down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said to them, Do not murmur among yourselves, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father, except he who is from God, he has seen the Father. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life this morning Jesus is asking us directing us commanding us to seek that which is eternal let's pray together father we do come before you this morning praising you and thanking you for the opportunity to come before your throne and offer up our petitions asking for your presence asking for your blessing on Your Word, and Your blessing on our hearts and minds as we seek to understand it and abide by it. Father, I'm asking this morning that You protect me from error. Father, help me as I speak, that I may glorify Your holy name. God, You are our God and King. Teach us through this time what is the most important thing. And Father, help us to walk in that way, always. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So in this passage of Scripture, Jesus, it's a long passage of Scripture, and there's a lot of stuff in there. But it all deals with the same thing. You see, the people came seeking Jesus. That's what it says in verse 25. I'm sorry, verse 24. They came across the sea seeking Jesus. And that's what we're focusing on all throughout this passage. We see they were seeking something. So Jesus, of course, when they came to Him, they they were asking, where did you come from? How did you get over here? That sort of thing. So He responds to them, and He says, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek Me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. He says, you're just looking for another lunch. You're just looking for another miracle. You're just looking for Me to do something else in your midst. You see, they were searching. Of course, they were searching for Jesus, but they had the wrong motive. They had the wrong focus when they got there. They were looking for the wrong thing. And Jesus brings that to their attention. Hey, you're not seeking me for the right reason. So let me ask you this morning as we gather together, I pray that you're here for the right reason. Yes, Charlie's getting baptized this morning, but look, that's that's beside the point Not for Charlie and not for the church, but for us individually, we praise God. We're here to worship and serve Him. Charlie could get baptized every Sunday and it wouldn't, you see, what we need to focus on, I'm just joking, Charlie, we ain't going to baptize you every Sunday, but we need to focus on worshiping Almighty God. What is important for us individually is that we follow God, seeking His will and His way every day. That's the most important thing. What we've got to understand, you see, Jesus was trying to direct their thinking. He was trying to move them past what they had experienced and what they had seen. He was trying to get them to focus on what was most important, which was their everlasting life. He says, you're looking for the wrong things. You've got to change your focus. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set His seal on Him. He says, look, you might be looking for more fish and loaves. You might be looking for another miracle, but the most important thing you need to seek out, what you need to be looking for is everlasting life, and I am here wanting to give it to you. He says, the most important thing is not what you get to eat today. The most important thing is that you seek God that you take care of your everlasting home, wherever that is. You see, he's trying to get you to focus, or he's trying to get us to focus, as he was trying to get them to focus. The most important thing has to be the most important thing. It can't be where you're going to eat after church. It can't be what you're going to do this afternoon after church or between church. It can't be what you plan to do this week. It must be, right now, it must be on Him and what He desires for you to do. That is what He's asking you to seek. But they were were looking for something else. They were looking for another miracle. They were waiting to see what Jesus would do next. And they wanted to be around whenever He did it. But listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 6, verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus was saying this, look, these things are passing away. Everything that we can gather together, everything that we focus on so many times... It's not going to last. The only thing that will last is everlasting things. So what is the most important? Now, We could be focused on our car or our house or whatever it may be. But those things are passing away. They can be gone in an instant. But the most important thing is where will you spend eternity? Because listen. Eternity is eternity. Today is just a day, just 24 hours. It'll be over with in just a little while. Eternity will never stop. Will you give up your pursuit of self and pleasure to seek to make sure that you have everlasting life instead of everlasting punishment? You see, Jesus was bringing them along. He was trying to get them to understand. And you know, when Jesus is speaking to the people, so many times I've been guilty of this, so many times I look at it, and what I see is maybe a little bit of anger, and maybe there's a little uh, sarcastic edge to it. That's what I see in it. I have seen that in it. But let me tell you, I'm starting to read it, and I've been looking at it this morning, and the way I see Jesus' heart of compassion, He's saying, look, You've got it all wrong. Sometimes I picture Jesus in my head and and He's he's being hard on the people. He's being forthright, but He's doing it in a loud and confrontational type way. But you know what? I'm starting to see that Jesus was, was confronting them with love. It wasn't that He was trying to condemn them. He was trying to get them to understand. He was pleading with them. He was bearing His heart before them, telling him who he was, but also wanting them to come to him so that they could receive the blessings of God. He was telling them, look, you've got it wrong. And I want you to understand the truth. Now they reacted harshly. And you know how it is whenever you see somebody doing wrong and you don't really care for that person and you're saying to yourself, boy, I hope they get caught. They deserve to get caught. And the truth of the matter is, you know, we all deserve to get caught. But wouldn't it be great if everybody shared with compassion, mercy, grace, if everybody loved everybody else like Jesus loved and spoke with compassion. Jesus Was confronting them about what it was that they were seeking. But he was doing it in love and he wanted them to understand that, hey, these things that you're focusing on are the wrong things and you need to get your priorities right. But he was doing that in a compassionate way. So he goes on in verse 28 Then he said, Then they said to him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? And Jesus said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in Him who He sent. You see, they were looking for another sign. You know what they were actually saying? Hey, what work do you want us to do in order to inherit everlasting life? And Jesus was saying ahead of time, because He knew what He was going to accomplish, Hey, the work's being done, the work is going to be completed, and all you have to do is trust Me. That's what he said. He was saying, all you have to do is believe in the one whom God sent, who's going to die for your sins, who's going to pay the price, who's going to accomplish salvation and redemption for all people. All you have to do is believe. The work is being done. And then they said to him, What sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? They says, "Okay, if we don't have to work for it, then you've got to work for it. What are you going to do to prove to us that what you're doing is good enough to save us? Or what should we how should we believe in you? All you're doing is just talking. Are you doing but you see what they were missing? They had seen Jesus's miracles. Everywhere Jesus went, I like the Gospel of Mark, because whenever gospel, the Gospel of Mark, whenever he's talking about Jesus, he's, he uses the word immediately a lot. And he says, Jesus immediately did this, or the crowds immediately did that. But also, in that Gospel, you see, it says several times when Jesus was accomplishing miracles and healing people, it says, all that came to him were healed. Every one of them. There wasn't anybody that came up to Jesus, and Jesus said, No, what you got, I can't heal. Go back home. It didn't matter what it was. Broke legs? Can't see? Can't hear? Paralyzed? Didn't matter. What? Leprosy? All of it. Jesus healed it all. And they had heard about this, or either seen it, and yet they still didn't believe that He was of God, or that He was the Son of God, whom He was telling them He was. So they were looking for a sign. They asked him, what do we need to do? And then the, he says, you don't need to do anything but believe. And they said, well, what are you going to do? And, but he had already done it. He had already shown them who he was. And he was in the process of giving his life for them. So many times we think to ourselves, you know, if I was living back there in that time, I would have followed Jesus. I would have been right in there with his disciples. I I would have been one of the ones. But you know what? It might not have been that easy. It's, It's easy to look back and say what we would have done. But honestly, he was changing the world. He was totally going against the grain. And would it have been an easy choice? No. It would have been the right one. And it would have been worth it. But was it easy? No. It's not easy today to follow the Lord. It's a lot easier. We've got a whole lot more proof today than they had back then that Jesus is the Messiah. And yet there's so many that still turn away from Him. Jesus said, here's what you must do. You must believe. You know what He was asking them to do was change your thinking. He said, you've got to change your thinking. He says... Uh, they, they come to him and says, well, Moses gave us manna in heaven. Or, and then he says, God, uh, Moses didn't do that. God did that for you. My father. He said, my father. And he's speaking to them of their God and saying, he is my father. I am his son. Every time he says, my father, he's proclaiming that he's the son of God. And they wouldn't believe it. Even after he fed 5,000. With the small amount that was given. Even after all the miracles that he did, even after seeing what he was accomplishing, they still didn't believe. So Jesus goes further. Then they said, He says, The bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Hear the compassion of Jesus in that. He says, The bread of God is me i came down from heaven and i give life to the world jesus is trying to love them in but will they hear it you see it for them they wanted to be a part of it but they didn't understand it completely listen to what they said lord give us this bread always You see, their their mind was still on the physical. Their mind was still, hey, look, if if I'm not ever going to get thirsty, if I'm not ever going to get hungry or, you know, that sort of thing, hey, I'm in. That's good. I'll never have to work again. But they were misunderstanding what Jesus was saying. He was telling them that He was all that they needed. Look in verse 35. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. I am. You see, what they were looking for was a reason for them not to have to do any more work. They were looking to be sustained completely without uh, having to do anything else. But Jesus was telling them, I am what you need because I will give you everything. Salvation. Which was the most important thing. He says, I'm going to give you life everlasting. I'm going to give it to you. And forever and ever and ever you will be sustained. Now, does that apply to this physical world? Yes, in a way. Because God takes care of you every week. He allows you the strength to work, to draw a paycheck. Ever how it is that you're taken care of, God has allowed you the abilities. God has made a way for you to be taken care of right now. And most people will say, no, I did that. You're not seeing the full picture. You're not seeing the miracles of God. You're not seeing Him working in your midst. Every morning you get out of bed as a gift from Him. And He doesn't owe you that, but He gives it to those who praise Him you see, he wants, them to make, he wants to make sure that they are taken care of, that He receives honor and glory through them. Now, it doesn't mean that everything's going to go fine and wonderful every day. But what it does mean is He will get, will get you through the day. He will sustain you. He will cause to happen in you, through you, His will for your life. Jesus tells them, I am the true bread that gives life. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. You hear Jesus' heart in that, the compassion in that. He says, look, I have come so that you will never hunger and you will never thirst again, but you won't accept me. This is true today. Very true every moment. Because Jesus stands ready to forgive anyone who comes to Him and repent. No matter what has gone on in the past, no matter what is going on right now, Jesus wants to forgive you and accept you into His family. And He says, but you would not believe. He said, all that my Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of Him who sent me. This is the will of the Father, who sent me, that all of, all, that of all He has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up in the last. And this is the will of Him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in Him may have everlasting life. He says God's will for you is to receive everlasting life. God's purpose for you is to spend with Him eternity in heaven. But... There are those who won't accept that. They won't believe that. They won't trust that. And the Jews complained because Jesus had said that He was the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, hey, wait a minute. We know you. We know your mom and dad. How is it that you're saying that you came down from heaven? Jesus answered and said to them, do not... Grumble, or do not murmur among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Can I be honest with you this morning? I've had trouble with that. I've had trouble with that passage of Scripture, you know, because for a long time I thought somebody else's salvation depended on me. I I did think that years and years ago. It took me a little while to get over that because, you know, I wanted everybody to be saved and I wanted to, to tell everybody about Jesus and I wanted to get out there and witness. And when people didn't accept Christ, I took it personally. But you know what? That's not my position. That's not my job. My job is not to convert people. My job is to tell people. You see, God is the only one who's in charge of who gets saved and who doesn't. You see, you have the opportunity to accept Christ today. If God draws you to Himself, He will save you. I'm not a Calvinist. Please understand this. I'm not. But, I do know That God draws people who turns him away time and time again until he stops drawing them. He stops calling them. Then there are some who decide in their mind this is the right thing to do, do this is a good thing to do, I'll do this and I'll do that, and I will go along with it so that I can get the benefits of it. God's not drawing them to salvation. They have made a decision in their mind, but it didn't get anywhere near their heart. Salvation comes when God moves in your heart and draws you to Him, and you give everything to Him. You submit to Him. In that is salvation. In that is true life. Jesus says the most important thing for you to do is believe, because there are some who don't and some who will not receive the Father. The will of the Father is that all receive life. It's not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God wants every person to understand how much He loves them. And Jesus is not saying this in a mean, hateful, hurtful way. He's bringing their attention to it in a compassionate and loving way and saying, look guys, you need to choose the right thing for you now. This may be your last opportunity. If you feel God pulling you, if you feel God leading you to salvation, what you need to do is when the invitation time comes, you need to come. Because He may not draw you again. He may not call you again. You may not get the opportunity to come to Him. God wants every one of us to be saved. He wants every one of us to know Him and to follow Him, to walk with Him, to be with Him in heaven. And that's why he draws us. God says no one can, Jesus said no one can come to me unless the Father draws him and I will raise him up at the last day. Jesus has already said um, everybody that comes to me I'm going to hold on to them. I'm going to make sure uh, that I lose nothing but should raise it up at the last day. And then he says this Therefore, everyone who has, lear- has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. When you hear the Lord and you know, hey, that's God speaking to me and I know that I'm a sinner and I know that God wants to forgive me and i got to go get that salvation. I've got to run to God because only He can save me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Most assuredly, I say to you, He who believes in Me has everlasting life. Jesus said, the work that you're supposed to do is believe. Believe that God has sent His Son to die in your place on the cross so that He can give you righteousness and everlasting life legally before a holy and righteous God. He paid your price so that you can come to Him. And God loves every one of us. But God will not force any of us to follow Him. He offers salvation and wishes, wants, draws everyone to salvation. But He gives you the choice to say yes or no. So, my advice to you today is to seek the everlasting because the most important thing is not lunch today, although my stomach's starting to growl. The most important thing is not how much I'll make at my job this week. The most important thing is not what I get accomplished or done. The most important thing is where am I going to spend eternity? Have you got that settled? Do you know that if something happened to you, you'd go to be with Him? Seek the everlasting One who gives everlasting life. Let's pray together. Father, again this morning we bow before You because You are King of kings and Lord of lords. You are the Creator, Sustainer. You are the Maker of all things. And we are before You as Your children as the one seeking to worship You, who is the Almighty. Father, this morning, if You've called someone to Yourself, give them the strength to follow You. Help them to be obedient in seeking Your salvation because, Father, You love them and You offer it to them. So, Lord, I pray that Your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand for a hymn of invitation this morning number 306.